0: into the next episode of Splitting Cases. It's the road trip edition. Hello. Uh, That's Pointy. He's in the back seat. Nothing cutesy is in the driver's seat and our uh, resident non-podcast talker Mrs. Pointy is in the passenger front seat. We're on the way to see Chris Chaney, Tim Rogers, Phil Jameson and Josh Pike perform the White Album front to back.
1: It's a monumentous occasion and a bit of a it's a bit of a redux for us.
0: Yeah, we did see it in um, 2009 for the first time.
1: Yeah, and it was uh, Mrs. Pointy and I were just saying earlier that that was one of the first outings we went to as a couple, and so now we're returning to the you scene. Were, of you went prom-
0: outed as a couple.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: you're very much still out as a couple.
1: Definitely yeah. out.
0: Definitely out. Um, so what we thought we might do is annoy the girls in the front by talking with ourselves in the back I'm still doing Dry July, so we're not splitting any cases. I ate a few chicken nuggets and pointy cut his hands on a beer that was clearly not a uh, screw top. It was a flicky, but we don't have any um, bottle openers. So. I tried to MacGyver
1: it with my keys and just managed to make a mess of my fingers. So.
0: Yeah, and look, I can't say that I'm, I'm feeling sorry for you because I would have had to sit and watch you drink that beer while not actually being able to drink a beer myself because I've done very well this Dry July.
1: I'm very disappointed in you.
0: I'm very disappointed in you. I'm glad we
1: agree. So, okay, well, maybe before we start playing the album, just a a couple of notes at the start on maybe what the White Album is. It's an album
0: and it's white.
1: Well, that is true. But uh, it was also the first Beatles double album and it uh, followed Sgt. Pepper's and the Magical Mystery Tour EP. And it was a bit of a departure in the sound, yeah. especially after Sgt. Pepper's and the Magical Mystery Tour, which definitely had that psychedelic sound, and it was very much a
0: studio-sounding record, Sgt. Pepper's, of course. Yeah, and on some of, on some of the tracks on the White Album, they kind of went, Wow, you thought those last two records were weird. We'll, we'll show you some weird shit with Wild Honey Pie. I don't know. I feel like in some ways it's more weird,
1: but also less weird. Yeah. Because it's sort of more conventional sounding songs. They're just weird topics and weird little arrangements.
0: And it's like the four of them are pretty much just four solo songwriters on, um, well, three solo songwriters and one drummer on a two-disc album. Ringo's got his own songs on there. He does, but I don't think he wrote them, did he? He wrote Don't Pass Me By. I don't mind that song. Apparently
1: he wrote it in uh, 1962. It was one of the very early songs that he wrote, and
0: McCartney used to give him shit about it. Damn you, McCartney! Yeah. He was, he was probably ready to shine then, you know. And if you had it given him time, like you, you chuck Harrison a bone and give him a song every now and then, and you encourage his songwriting, then he writes the best fucking songs in your catalog. Maybe Ringo could have done the same. If only.
1: Okay, so I guess the other noteworthy part about the White Album is a lot of the songs uh, were written in India when the Beatles went on a bit of a retreat uh, to stay, spend some time with uh, Maharishi. Hmm. And uh, I think, like, Mia Farrow's sister was there and Donovan was there. And the there. Beach Boys. Yeah, I think Mike Love was there.
0: Yeah, he talks about that a lot. It's his kind of...
1: It's his claim to cred. Mike Love, not war. <laughs> Best smudge EP ever.
0: The four performers are very well known to us.
1: Indeed. Uh, so, first of all, I guess we have Chris Cheney from the, uh, the Living End, Phil Jamison from Grinspoon, Josh Pike of The Josh Pike.
0: The Josh Pike.
1: And Tim Rogers of the UMI.
0: Well, we've talked a lot about Tim Rogers in our first podcast and... <laughs> Every podcast. Every podcast. Like every, just a little bit here and there, you know? Um, and we did talk about Chris Cheney from The Living End in the podcast on Oz Rock with Nick Milligan. Uh, we did do a whole
1: episode about Grinspoon, Phil Jameson. Yes. With Andrew.
0: A whole Grinspoon episode. It's the only really, if you've been listening, the only real artist there we haven't talked about is Josh Pike.
1: But maybe we can get Mrs. Pointy to do that at some point. She's a fan.
0: Yeah, maybe we can do that. She laughed and shook her head. We'll get her in the end. See, at least she's on record now, even if it's just laughing. Speaking of on record... She exists. She does exist. Should we start side one of this record? We should. All right, we'll come back to you after the first side. Are we doing, like, record sides or CD sides?
1: We're going to do record sides. So we're going to do
0: four different sides of the album as it was originally released. And uh, Nothing Kitsy will have her hand on the start and stop button for us. Start. record side one anyway. We're playing it on a CD. We'll we'll call it side A. Side A.
1: So, uh, let's uh, talk about each track, shall we? Yeah, track one. Track one, back in the USSR. Very good song. It is, and it's got a bit of a Beach Boys vibe to it.
0: Yeah, well talking about the India trip. I read an interview with Mike Love the other day where he was talking about that India trip and going, yeah, I was the one who gave Paul a nudge and said, no, you should talk about all the girls in Russia. But apparently, according to Paul, it was just kind of a like a slide tribute to California girls.
1: Isn't Mike Love just horrible?
0: Just awful. Horrible. By the way, while talking about tracks, you have got uh, another beer open. You're future wife Mrs Pointy cracked the uncrackable beer Um, your fingers are still seeping through from the band-aids with blood though from trying
1: yeah, I bleed for my art.
0: She uh, she says you don't know how to follow instructions.
1: No, I like to make up my own instructions. I like, like to look put at... Put that the... there. I'm... Crack that. I sort of more see them as guidelines more than instructions. I'm like, okay, yeah. I get that idea. I'll try it this way, thanks.
0: Drive on this side of the road, maybe.
1: Yeah, it's just an advisory. Just
0: advisory, right?
1: So, yeah. Um,
0: Standard drinks.
1: So, uh, Mrs. Pointy's helped me crack open this long neck. She
0: cracked the in-, in the meantime, beer. my
1: fingers are quite sore well moving on moving on so uh, and did you know Paul played drums on Back in the USSR because Ringo left the band yeah during the recording of the White Album and overdubbing was definitely a thing oh yeah definitely
0: definitely a thing alright and uh, second is uh, Nothing Cutes favourite Beatles track altogether together and um, I really love it it's Dear Prudence oh it's fantastic it's beautiful it's beautiful uh, which uh, I think Doug Parkinson Australian singer in the 60s had a huge hit covering oh really yeah. I didn't know that he's a man with a big voice and he plays it there's lots occasionally oh we should like, go Dear Prudence he sings like that like that yeah
1: that sort of sounds very uh, regal
0: it is quite regal <laughs> He's a big regal man. Okay, so track three is Glass Onion. Glass Onion, yeah. Um, as opposed to nothing cutie's favorite track number two, this is um, one of her least favorite tracks.
1: Yeah, I don't really get that because I kind of like the sort of the wit to it. It's, just, it's sort of a bit of a joke.
0: Yeah, well, it's I think artist. I think her
1: argument is that they're silly lyrics, but I'm like, well, no, they're self-referential. I think they're deliberately silly. They're not silly by mistake. Yeah. it's actually quite smart the way it's done.
0: And I like the quite sinister chord structure and the Oh yeah. Yeah. The it's strings a, at the end. A
1: little bit of a slow burner, it's like yeah, a bit of a rocker. Yeah.
0: Totally. Next track?
1: Next track was Obladee, Oblada.
0: Say earlier that this is one of my least favorite on the album. We beg to disagree here because I think it's really, really good. Most people hate it because it's throwaway, but it's certainly it's a more well-structured pop song than a lot of the others on the album, and it's really good. Oh, I totally respect the song. It's just not one of my favorites. Oh, no, okay, fair enough. As long as you're not shitting on it, because a lot of people would. No,
1: I kind of like that sort of jaunty vibe to it. Like, I do like that. It's just uh, not.
0: Yeah, and I like the story that they like worked on the intro to that for fucking ages, and John Lennon got the shits and just walked in and went. Do, 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 do. And they went, ah, oh, kind of works.
1: Yeah, well, I heard that. Yeah, there was a lot of um, sort of angst in the studio for the record, and John in particular got very angry whenever Paul went and recorded stuff by himself. Mm. I think he took it really to heart, and I remember reading something that Yoko said years later that Paul was the person that hurt John the most because he'd go and do these little songs without him and not include him.
0: Oh, wow. So it wasn't really as much of a mutual separation as some people might think?
1: Yeah, well, like, apparently, even when John was doing his own songs, he would try and include Paul. Mm. Like, even if he was only there on the periphery, mm. he was sort of still involved. Um, I think the only song that John ever did completely solo, at least on the White Album, but maybe even the Beatles, was Julia. Yeah, yeah which is a beautiful song, but we'll get to that later.
0: We'll get to that later, but... Yeah, there's there's a lot of angst there. But it's like, this is much like recording splitting cases. It's always a, a tug of war. It's always a clash of personalities. Indeed. And on that note, Wild Honey Pie. It's the yeah, next song. I have really no opinions on it. I don't think it needs to be there, but you insist that it does add something to the next song.
1: It's less than a minute. It's a little bit of an oddity, and I think it helps with the flow of the album. There's worse ways to spend a minute. Well, I just feel like... Yeah, as far as filler goes, it's good filler. Yeah. It's next track. Next track?
0: uh The uh,
1: next track is...
0: Bungalow Bill.
1: Indeed. And what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I like it. It's it's good. It's a character song. It's a story song. It's John Lennon getting his, um, his kind of English Nigel Thornbury hunting voice on. Yeah,
1: I feel like it's a bit of a freewheeling sort of song.
0: It's kind of got that...
1: Sort of got like that folk story sort of vibe to it.
0: I much prefer its sister song, Rocky Raccoon. It's got a very similar vibe, but it's the Paul version, I guess, of of Bungalow Bill. You know, but I like them both. It's got a very kind of chanty vibe to it. And Bungalow Bill's probably the... I think it's
1: the only song that's got like a lead female vocal.
0: Yeah, that's true. With
1: Yoko. Yeah. Which was another contentious thing uh, along the recording of this album.
0: In splitting cases uh, terminology, what the other group, what the other members of the group said to
1: them was, fuck them. Although, like, uh, we're being very John right now with our partners here while we're recording. So, just as well, we're both well adjusted
0: people, and I'm not upset that your partner's here. I think the problem there would be if we had a third person in the middle of this, and it was, like, our partners, and then the third person in the middle who didn't have one there, and he'd be like, bunch of yokos Mm, bunch of yokos bunch of yokos
1: (laughs) I like that Yeah, that's a thing now yeah okay cool okay so next song is a bit of a classic and I'm sure you're looking forward to it tonight while my guitar gently weeps
0: George Harrison's shining moment on the uh, White Album, it's maybe ever. Maybe ever. But no, look, there's something. And um, here comes the sign. They're great songs,
1: but while my guitar gently weeps, I think eclipses them. It's brilliant. Mm.
0: And I do remember in 2009 that Chris Chaney's version of that, especially the guitar solo, was spectacular.
1: And uh, Eric Clapton, who was God at the time, played on that
0: another contentious point as well bringing someone else in but it was kind of like uh, Harrison really was uh, cranky about everyone fighting and infighting and not getting anything done so he went you know stop it I'm bringing in Eric and apparently everyone was on their best behavior
1: so Clapton was George's Yoko Clapton was George's Yoko you heard it here first okay so last song on side A is happiness is a warm gun Mm About that.
0: I think it's a great song.
1: It's very John Lennon. It is, and it's probably my favourite on the album, and it's almost...
0: Favourite track on the album? Yeah. Wow!
1: And it should... It's almost, or could be, the American National Anthem.
0: In a way, yeah, I see that. Yeah.
1: Well, Did you like not just, get the title from a gun magazine? Exactly, yeah. yeah. but... Um, but yeah, like I guess it's sort of... There's been talk about what the song's actually... About Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's about heroin. Well, I've always got that feeling. Well, I don't know. It's sort of been denied over the years and that maybe it's more about love.
0: Eh, look, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. But, yeah, like, forget about all that. I just think it's a great song. Yeah, exactly. And I like like the um, bang, bang, shoot, shoot backing vocals in that. It's very cool. Yeah, like, sometimes you can get bogged down in... What the song's
1: about or what the meaning is. Yeah, but fuck it's just a great song. It's fun. Exactly. I actually I have this vivid memory. Um, I used to work until quite late at night and used to have to get the train home from Newcastle to Beresfield. And I remember just walking home one night, it was just after midnight, listening to the White Album and just playing Happiness is a Warm Gun over and over. It was very fucking creepy. That but it sounds creepy. But it was very awesome. I loved it but i was kind of a little bit scared
0: all right well that's side one so uh, side b of the first half of the album
1: well let's not spoil the show no. but, uh, but, side
0: b with a bullet
1: but let's uh reconvene
0: all right <laughs> after much coffee that i picked up at the service station and i've had much stout you've had much stout. Uh, a fine of coffee. The end of disc one of the Beatles White Album and the end of Side B.
1: Indeed. So we've uh, just heard from Martha My Dear through to Julia.
0: Yeah. Starting with Martha My Dear. I think that's a really sweet song. I like when the horns come in. I like Paul's voice in that. I really like Martha My Dear.
1: I really love the sound of it, but it just feels like a Paul song to me.
0: It does, but it's not as Paul songy as here, there, and everywhere. You know, that's that's the epitome of a Paul song.
1: Yeah, that's true, and I I do like the way that you swung the microphone around as you were saying that.
0: Yeah, of course, it's always good to have a weird stereo effect, despite the fact it's all in mono.
1: Yeah, it's always good to have a great visual effect on an audio medium. I find. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> song two, on. <laughs> Of the white album, oh, is uh, I'm so tired. Are you? Uh, not not so much. I'm okay. I think it's one of the India songs where he was um still with the Maharishi in India, and uh, John actually had insomnia and couldn't oh, sleep.
0: Oh, I thought he was just like I'm sick of
1: this. No, well, like I guess you could read it that way as well, but it was kind of like you know I can't sleep, so it's and you get that sort of strung out vibe like listening yeah. to it.
0: Like it yeah, almost. have God for a little peace of
1: mind. Yeah, and um, notably, UMI did cover that. Song. UMI
0: did cover that. Song. They
1: did. Yes. We We always just try to bring him back to UMI. Somehow. We
0: do. Although Tim doesn't do that one tonight.
1: Well, we don't know that for sure.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I don't yeah, think he, he did that last time. He
1: maybe. didn't last time. But maybe they will be switching things around a bit. Well, let's hope so. Next song, Blackbird.
0: Classic, uh, lovely Paulson.
1: No arguments here.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like the... It's the new hope of Black the Black um, Black Black. Animal Trilogy yeah. on the White Album. So, number one, Blackbird. Yes. It's the uh, A New Hope. Yes. Number two, <coughs> Piggies. And I must say that Piggies is definitely a classic Empire Strikes Back kind of sound. It's a very fucking dark sounding song very dark but it's almost it's got this sort of like comical creepy vibe to it is that the next song after blackbird yeah it is yeah
0: okay yeah okay and it, it's just it's just i don't know i don't know if it really should have been on the album like i think it, it's
1: i think it's mandatory for the album i oh. think it's what it sort of makes the white album what it is it's got this sort of vibe to it that's Sounds so innocent but it's also so very fucking creepy.
0: Well yeah, if we're going for the you know that if we're going for that feel, I suppose yes. If you're but going for the Charles Manson feel, is that what you're trying to say? No one's going for the Charles Manson feel. Well Well not in now anyway, and certainly
1: they did before all of that happened. But you know, Piggies was one of those songs that did influence Charles Manson in the unfortunate killings.
0: It's uh, also not about pigs, as Nothing Cutesy was pointing out. Well, she would prefer it if it was. She's a big fan of pigs. Loves pigs. pigs. So, the Ewok
1: of of the, the trilogy is Rocky Raccoon, which is, I guess, similar to an Ewok in a lot of ways.
0: A raccoon is a little bit like an Ewok, but... This song was never one of my favourites when I grew up listening to the White Album, but as I became an adult, it's one of my favourite songs. It's just a fun song. I love it, though. It's just... That's that's what I mean, though.
1: I mean, I do love it. It's just a fun Not fun as in a throwaway song.
0: It's really well done. It's so good.
1: Yeah, it's like a... It's a... I don't know. It's a prestige, and they... Yeah, it's just pulled off really well.
0: And I also just... I, I picture a raccoon, you know walking with a little cowboy hat and a gun and a Bible, and he's just been, you know, he's been burnt by his lover and she's after somebody else's nuts. It's very, like, Rocky and Bullwinkle, the adult years, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And notably, uh,
1: the character, like, Rocket Raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy, which is about to be released, was named after this song. Yes. True fact.
0: And I do like that, you know, he goes in intending to get his revenge. He gets shot... And Paul just goes... Doo, 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 doo. It's like, where do we go with this? Our, our hero is lying, dying on the floor after, you know, you expected him to get his revenge. Doo, 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 doo. Well, it's
1: only three minutes. Just look over there.
0: Yeah, oh. just a little bit of hunky-tonk.
1: Yeah, yeah. A yeah, little that's... bit of honky tonk Let's move along. We go west to... Okay. So, after Rocky, we have... Um, one Rocky 2! Sorry. Well, we. Rocky 4! could have lots of Rockies. And Bullwinkles.
0: Da, da, da. Sorry. High of the
1: <laughs> But we also had after Rocky Raccoon. Uh, don't pass me by, which is, I don't know, probably one of my favourite Ringo penned tunes.
0: I have absolutely no connection to that song. I really, I, I love really that sorry. Song Ringo like
1: fiddle and stuff in it. Sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah. Really you do not like it? I don't. You don't can't find any charm in that
0: song. I find a little bit of charm in that song, but I think he did it better when he was narrating <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. That's kind of blah 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 thing. I oh, I think it's a really sweet tune, like It I is, really like it. and it, it I just don't have a connection to it.
1: And it like apparently it dates back to like the sort of earliest days of the band when Ringo first joined. Mm. And um Paul was given uh, Ringo shit for the lyrics, yeah, because they're you know so sort of, I guess innocent and childish. But that's kind of the appeal to it. This album's pretty heavy and weird in places, so it's kind of nice to have something that sort of sounds like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As I grow older, I find I'm more heavy and weird in places, so I kind of associate.
1: I want you. She's so heavy. Oh. That's awkward.
0: That is awkward, especially since it's quite—it's getting quite dark at the moment, and um, the light from the iPad screen is kind of just a little—I don't know. It was creepy. creepy. It's a bit creepy. It's a bit creepy.
1: Okay, let's What's move. Next? Let's move along then. Ah! So let's make it less creepy. So why don't we do it in the road?
0: <laughs> I don't want to do it in the road. <laughs> is that what he's
1: talking about? Like doing it in the road oh yes definitely talking about fucking on the road
0: is <laughs> i was wondering if it was like, well, maybe it was, you know like um dylan who was on the podcast about weezer was considering taking a job where they did like night road works and he held the sign that said stop or go you know he was doing that in the road
1: yeah no well the, the story goes that this song's about uh, again it's from india and um, whilst the Beatles were there, Paul saw two monkeys having sex on the road. And apparently the male, <laughs> the male monkey just climbed upon the female one, had his way and moved along. And then the female monkey just sort of brushed it off went, yep, okay, my day's okay. I'll just keep going. So in a way, it is about roadworks. And so he was just like, oh, so human relationships are just so complicated and so you know, messy let's, let's let's just why don't we just do it in the road. road and just let's yeah. not be so complicated
0: no, of course of all places you
1: know. yeah I mean not in a bed just on the road
0: on the road um, we work discussing this mid-song and nothing cutesy was providing many reasons why not to do it in the road. Um, Safety first. Can you yell some of those reasons? Because it's dangerous because you could get hit by a car because you could get gravel burn on your back and on your bum, bum or knees or lots of places you could get gravel burn because you could get arrested for public indecency. Those are just a few of the reasons you should not do it in the road, people.
1: And that's a word from our sponsor, Nothing Tootsie. <laughs> please, kids, Nothing please kids be, be safe. All right. So, I Will is the next song.
0: Is that the answer to why don't we do it in the road? Kind of, I Will. Because they're both I by do. Paul, so we know that he will.
1: And it's a, it's a sweet Paul song, I It must is.
0: Say. It's a lovely song. It's like, it's one of, it fits very well with Till There Was You, actually.
1: Yeah. And um, we were just talking before, off mic, about how... Off mic. Yes, off mic. We're very professional here. Yes. And uh, talking about how it, uh, my name and Mrs. Pony's wedding, we we're going to play, I will. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be a nice little nice little ditty for the wedding.
0: <laughs> we passed a sign that said Seafood Night, and I got quite excited. Seafood Night. Have we passed Mooney Mooney? I don't know. Have we passed... Do we, do we pass Mooney Mooney? We've been way past Mooney Mooney. Where are we? We are in Warawee. <laughs> Warawi. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. Nicely played, sir. Thank you. What's next? <laughs> I'll see
1: you a Mooney Mooney and I'll give you <laughs> oh, a Warawee.
0: i you a <laughs> Can we stop the car and eat a Warawee? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't come on here and Warawi on my streets. <laughs> okay. Okay, so last song on the uh, first disc or second side of the White Album. Is Julia?
0: Julia. Yes.
1: Julia.
0: Dolphin eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, hungry eyes. I don't
0: think that's that's the lyric. <laughs>
1: well, it could
0: be. So, speaking of dolphin eyes, and get, that that's kind of creepy. It, it is. It, it's it's um, both about
1: Yoko and his mum. Yeah. And it's, well, if, if people don't know, um, John sort of had a, a difficult, I, I guess, experience with his mum because he sort of got taken away from her at a, a young age and then he started sort of reconnecting with her and then she died because I think uh, she got hit by a car.
0: Jesus!
1: And so he sort of lost her twice in a way and uh, so the songs, yeah, it's sort of attribute to his mum But also to Yoko, who was kind of his proxy mum in a kind of not-weird way, apparently. Proxy mum. Yeah, in a not-weird way. No, No, of course.
0: But he did also
1: have a song called Mother.
0: You had me, but they never had you. It was a great song, though. It was a great song. But that's much later, much post-White albums. Um, But I just think of that song now in the context of... Um, Julia Gillard, there was a video of a record playing that song with quotes and actual actuality of talkback callers saying incredibly misogynistic, horrible, shitty things about Julia Gillard and how much they hated her and how much they wanted to, you know, get her out. Um, That's what I think of. Yeah,
1: scumbags is all I can
0: say. Exactly. And so that's what I I I just think of famous Julia's when I hear that song. Like... Julia Louis Dreyfus? Julia
1: Gillard. Um so what I did hear, Moose, was that it's Julia?
0: someone's birthday. It's not my birthday.
1: No, it's someone's birthday.
0: Oh, well, that leads nicely into our next half. What a segue! What a segue!
1: first song on side C let's
0: call it they say it's a birthday it's my birthday too yeah
1: da, 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 da. yeah it's not either of our birthdays but, but we'll it's it's the 20.
0: classic song for people on their birthdays
1: yeah it's a either choose this or unhappy birthday by the smiths yeah but i think this is more celebratory it's more celebratory but
0: it's not as it's not as funny that's true but sometimes you just want Something to get you up and going on your birthday, and that's it. That's true. Uh,
1: Although I I don't think Lennon was a very big fan of that song. Lennon was not a big fan of anything Paul did around that period. That's true. That's true. So let's go on. So after birthday was Your Blues. Yeah, Blues. Which is probably one of the most rockin', obviously bluesy songs on this album. It's kind of like a bit of a piss take as well, I think. Like, yeah. it's sort of meant to be a bit of a homage, but also a bit of a joke.
0: If you say I'm depressed, well, I'll give you depressed.
1: Yeah. And he it it's pulled off really well. I really like it. Yeah. I don't love it, but it's a good song. Oh, it's like... Well, Lennon obviously liked it, because he kept playing it, like, after the Beatles. Like, I think he played it on, like, the... Was it the... Uh, Peace, 1969, like, the Peace tour? Like, he... Played it then, and he also I think he might have played it with like Mick Jagger and Eric Clapton and stuff. Played yeah, doesn't so, surprise me. Doesn't so yeah, like it's a sort of song sort, of, sort of lends itself to bitter rock. Mm, Mother Nature's Son.
0: Yeah, that's a sweet song. It's it gets a lot of props from a lot of people. I don't love it, but it's really sweet. It's nice.
1: Yeah, I was watching um, in preparation of tonight. Uh, I watched a version that Jack White did at the White House. Not the Opera House, the White House. White House? Yeah. Apparently there was some show that he did there, and he played Mother Nature's song.
0: Of course he did.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty nice, actually. Andy Bull does a really nice version as well. I haven't heard any of Andy Bull, but you, you rate him, so... I do rate him. I should check it out. Not the new stuff, though. Oh. oh, not the new stuff.
0: Well, uh, the new stuff's going to vary... like it's an electronic direction. Still got the sensibilities perfect. there, but it's just... Eh, it's a bit borg. bit...
1: A bit borg. Okay. Let's uh let's move on then. Everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. That's one of my absolute favorites of this album. I love that song. I must totally agree. Um, my notes here say that I'm very excited to hear this tonight. <laughs> so I'm sure I must agree with my <laughs> My people tell me. <laughs> my earlier self tells me that I'm very excited to hear this.
0: Yeah, it's a great song and it's very good to yell along to. Yeah,
1: but, like, I really do think it's one of those things where you go, well, surely this was one of those times when they were still together. Yeah. Like... Recording as a band. Yeah, like, it just sounds like a band song. It's just just really strong. And um, it's... Well, the story goes that Lennon wrote it about the fact that him and Yoko were together all the time. And they were just so much in love, and people couldn't see that. Yeah. And he was like, Well, what's so fucking weird about us wanting to hang out? Like, we just love each other, so we want to be with each yeah, other. It's fine. And all these people
0: looking at us like we're freaks, but maybe they're the freaks. I was maybe put uh, into the mix as well that we're currently driving over the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and somewhere over there on that harbour that I can't quite see past the bridge is uh, the Opera House that we're going to tonight.
1: Indeed. Indeed. And, uh,. Well, let's uh, make sure that we finish this before we get there.
0: Yeah. So it's always important.
1: Sexy Sadie.
0: Yeah, a jet. Tell me about that. Uh, that's a jet rip off, clearly. Oh, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. Like clearly. Um, so look I'm you've I'm pretty, pretty sure. Off
1: I'm pretty sure the Beatles had access to. Um, time, your recording, basically. Yeah. They had a Tardis, is what I'm saying.
0: Actually, well, okay, let's let's cut the shit. Um, Jet really, John really Lennon was the first Doctor. Is that what you're saying? Maybe, but Jet really got into that song. But um, yeah, Sexy Sadie, about the Mahirishi, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, wasn't it about like Mia Farrow's sister?
0: And well, no, couple. I'm pretty. Yeah, that was Mia Farrow's sister, Prudence Farrow. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe it wasn't the pharaoh's sister. Maybe it was just that, like, the Maharishi was trying to, like, get in on some girl. He was trying to do it in the road. Yeah, and John was like, that's not what a spiritual guide should be doing.
0: Yeah, well, whatever it was, it wasn't kosher, so... But, um, good well, stuff. Well, I think Paul
1: had contrary thoughts. I think he was sort of saying that um, the Maharishi never sort of claimed to be any sort of divine person he was just a dude yeah so if he wanted a girl then maybe that's okay
0: yeah it's true
1: okay so uh helter skelter
0: Skeletors a classic, one of the best rock songs. I agree, and probably one of the first,
1: well, maybe not the first, but certainly one of the first popular heavy metal songs.
0: Well, I reckon it is the first heavy metal song. I reckon, I don't know, does Black Sabbath predate that? No, I reckon Black Sabbath's after that. Surely. Well, Either way, it's one of the first. And Paul's voice and screaming on that is incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was, like... There was Who albums before that. It would have been Them before that and The Doors. So there was sort of, like, a precursor to that same sort of sound. But it was certainly taken to the nth degree. And I remember reading an article where Paul was sort of saying that he read some interview with Pete Townsend and Pete was saying that, oh, you know, The Who had this new record and it's very loud... And Paul almost wanted to write a song in response to that to say, well, you know what, we can do that. We can be loud too. Yeah, it was. I guess it was a bit of a changing of the guards because, yeah. you know, the Beatles at that point had been around for quite a while. So I guess to probably young people's minds, they were kind of like the old fuddy-duddies maybe.
0: Yeah, so it's like, fuck you, we can do this too. Yeah.
1: And the song is essentially about Ringo's problem with blisters. Yeah, or about a race war depends if you talk yeah, no. to me or Charles Manson. Yeah, that's
0: that's that's true. Uh, there was the um, it, yeah, it's, it made it.
1: It's linked to Piggies in that sense. Yeah,
0: it made it quite an infamous song in a way.
1: Yeah, but uh, let's let's, let's not worry about the pigs. No. So the next song
0: is long, long, long. Yeah, it's too long, long, long. Really, it's sweet, but I just don't think it adds anything. I like the at the end but I like it but I agree it could probably be a bit shorter yeah yeah okay it's it's definitely its own namesake okay
1: let's get into revolution number nine number one number one yeah number one alright number one let's do this number one number one number one number Number one one. number Number one one. one. I'll have a single
0: plum floating in perfume (laughs) served in a man's (laughs) hat First song side D Revolution.
1: Yeah, it's probably not my favourite version of Revolution. Um, not that number nine is my favourite. But yeah, but the, the single version. The single version is With very the scream rocking. at the front. Yeah, but I do kind of like the sort of laid back. It's it's a calm revolution, I feel. Yeah, and I like the
0: yeah, like the doo-wops. Yeah, nice. totally. And well, that that was because they originally wanted to release that as a single, and they're like, "Nah, too slow." So they went and went. Okay, fine. Well, no, I heard the
1: story was that John wanted to release that version as a single, and then he was told, "No, it's not, it's not fast enough." It's, yeah. And then they did the single version. That's exactly what I just said. No, no, you just said they, and I think John wanted to release it as it was.
0: Well, they, he, same thing.
1: He, she, me, me, he. B keys. He-Man. Circular key. Sure,
0: we're in right. circular key. We're currently um, circling the bowels of the opera house in its car park. The bowels. The bowels.
1: That sounds dark.
0: Uh, and we're currently parking, so if the if the Yoko's in the front, well, you're happy to wait just a minute for us to talk about the rest of it. The...
1: Well, that sounds a bit sexy, Sadie, to be parking together. What's the next track, Pointy? The next track is Honey Pie.
0: Honey Pie. I... Really like that song, in a Martha, my dear, type of way.
1: Yeah, it's a sweet song.
0: Honey pie. It's nicer than the wild honey pie.
1: Uh, I still, I still stick up for wild honey pie. Come on. It's not as good as honey pie, but I still stick up for it. So, the next song, though, we wait long. the next song, I must admit, though, is kind of one of my favourites, even though it's probably seen as one of the throwaway songs on the record. Um, which is Savoy Truffle.
0: Oh, it's one of my favourites too. Because it's got this kind of like really
1: weird, creepy, but fun sound. Like yeah. I really kind of liken it to piggies. Oh, it's like no, I don't th- like it to piggies at all. Well, no, I do because it's got that sort of mix of fun, but sort of slightly sinister and slightly... F- and it's fun as well.
0: Yeah, and I get, I, get, I get the sinister thing, but it's also very soul, and it's got the horns, but they're distorted. And- yeah, but it's basically about Eric Clapton liking chocolates well he did
1: uh, i of course but it's like this is what the beatles chose to
0: write about yeah in that's 1968. true 68 that's true that's pretty cool my mate eric loves chocolate i'm gonna write a song about it.
1: and it's also probably to nothing cutesy's i don't know what to detriment? say detriment no it's not really to her detriment that sounds a bit sinister what are
0: you trying to say
1: i was trying to say like probably she doesn't like it
0: what don't i like savoy truffle do I know so many? Cream, tangerine, want them I don't, I don't just like it as much as...
1: But it's self-referential, was what I was going to say.
0: Yeah. It is self-referential, but still not as much. Yeah, not as much. It's not as bad, but... yeah.
1: It's one of my favourites anyway. Okay, so maybe Nothing but, Cutesy but wouldn't like... I had
0: to be reminded of how the song went. Shows you how high it is on my radar.
1: Okay, so the next song is Cry Baby Cry, which I can't really think too much about, but... I'm a John fan, and I must say it's a sweet song. And those um, Escher demos, I think I shared. With yeah, you, today. you did. Have you heard them
0: before? Yeah, no, I've heard of them, but never actually heard them.
1: Oh, they're so good! And the version of "Cry Baby Cry" on that is just amazing, really. I like it. Well, like it's probably pretty clear by now that I'm a John fan, and I'm in no way a Paul denier. Like I fucking love but Paul. Paul
0: denialist. I, I love. He never exists. Well.
1: But, but like, I usually find that John's songs sort of grab me a bit more. Yeah. but Except for maybe the next one.
0: John was handsy.
1: Which is a Revolution.
0: Yeah. Number Creepiest nine. thing to come out of the 60s. Well,
1: what I would say is that people of our age probably came to this song through The Simpsons.
0: Yeah. Number eight. Number eight.
1: Yeah. And also, what I would say is there was a lot said about, you know, this being avant-garde or like crazy rock music but there was a lot of crazier shit coming out at the time that's true i mean the velvet underground and nico came out the year before which had heroin on it and like
0: i personally think that it's just in in Contrast to the Beatles' other work, you know? It's not something they'd really done before. They've done the tape sampling on, um, the tape looping on Tomorrow Never Knows, but they've never really gone all tape looping craziness. Yeah, but, like, I just think, like,
1: at that time, there was a lot of more crazy, maybe not as mainstream as the Beatles, but certainly music that was, you know, known to people who are into music.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing. It's It's the fact that it is the Beatles doing that.
1: Yeah, I guess it was probably a bit scary for that, but it was hidden towards the end of the album. It probably wasn't inconvenience anyone to listen to it.
0: That's true. And like most times I listen to the White Album, let's
1: skip this. What's next? I listen to it if it's on in the background, but if I'm just sort of sitting down wanting to hear the, the album, I'll probably skip it, mm. which I feel bad about doing. But Don't. But, you know, sorry, John and Yoko. Pretty sure they don't mind. Okay, so the last song. <laughs> Is uh, Good Night. Good night, good night. Yeah, it's a nice little sweet ending. It is, Ringo scene, it's Ringo singing. And it's another time for Ringo, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like this is probably the album that gets like the most love across a cross-section of Beatles.
0: Yeah, it's very even. Yeah,
1: well, I don't know if it's even.
0: Well, but yeah, but even in terms of percentage. But it's more stacked in
1: um, everyone else's favour than yeah. the rest of the albums. Yeah,
0: very much so. And it's a nice ending. It's sweet. It's nice.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we've just listened to the whole of the White Album by the Beatles, which I guess is, as we said, their seminal 1968 masterpiece. And now we're going to see a couple of Australian rock legends yeah. do
0: their own interpretation of it. Yeah.
1: So should we reconvene afterwards and give a bit of a debrief?
0: Let's reconvene afterwards. We can't record everything we do. So um, as much as we'd love to take you with us, we're going to leave you here in the car and we'll, uh, we'll see you after. Cry, baby, Cry. Mercy. We're still in the same place we were when we ended the last section of the podcast, but much has changed. Much has happened. I'm a complete man now. <laughs> You're a complete man. I don't know what you were before.
1: I was a shell.
0: you a shell, shell a, of a shell. And the White Album concert filled you up with innards. I was just a husk. You're a husk.
1: Now I'm a real in man. In
0: need of innards. Yeah, but that was
1: fucking amazing.
0: That was amazing. We got out of the car and went and had some food and I had a pot pie with mash and it was great. And, uh yeah, we went to the Opera House and saw the White Album concert. Holy poop, it was amazing. Yeah,
1: well, like, it was very similar to what we saw maybe five years ago.
0: Yeah, it was very very little change. But
1: that doesn't take away from how fucking amazing it was. No,
0: absolutely. So, I mean... Favourite bits?
1: Everybody's Got Something to Hide except for Me and My Monkey was probably my favourite because I think that was the best demonstration of Tim, well, before he played Revolution, which was also amazing.
0: Mm, It's kind of
1: what Tim can do. Yeah, like, I just think he got a bit of a raw deal as far as what the songs were. Mm. Although, like, I do think... um, Phil in particular did a great job of what he had.
0: Oh, absolutely! He had um, he had Dear Prudence, which went, went on it went off amazingly. And um, and you'll see that's kind of a Josh
1: Pike thing, but no. like, but Phil pulled it off way better than Josh could have.
0: Josh Pike did all the kind of the acousticy songs, whereas Dear Prudence has that electric stuff. Guitar pretty much, and- yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I, I feel like it's not like they chose. Who each person was. Yeah. It was kind of like, well, what best suits the song?
0: Yeah, well, for example, Chris Cheney from The Living End got, uh, he got back in the USSR, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, birthday, very guitar orientated songs. And the solo in While My Guitar Gently Weeps was awesome.
1: Yeah, that was great. Like, you can't take anything away from that dude. That was amazing.
0: No, I don't think you can take anything away from all four of those performers. Which They were all fantastic in their own songs, but I reckon, like, probably Timmy should have got a couple of um, bigger songs from the album.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. Although, um, I do think that we started a bit of a revolution.
0: <laughs> at the end. We did. They, uh, they played one different song to last time. Last time they came on stage... After the... Last time they came on stage after the um, final song and played Hey Bulldog and the uh, single version of Revolution. But this time they played one different song.
1: They played A Day in the Life.
0: Mm, awesome. And they each took a verse. And then as the strings rose for the McCartney bit in the middle, the piano bit, um, Timmy came out and did it. It was great. It, I said to Mrs. Poiney, it was the best moment in my life. That seems hard to believe, given the amount of times you've seen Timmy and seen other bands and done great things.
1: I know, but, like, I love the Beatles so much, and, like, I'm clearly not going to see the Beatles.
0: So, hearing that live was a revelation. So good. Well, what you mean by revolution that we started was when they came on to play the single version, Last Song of the Night... We'd been saying for a while, we got to get up. We need to get up and dance. And um, I think uh, there was a loud cry from the tourists of, fuck them. And uh, we stood up. We are the only ones to stand up for maybe um, a minute, a, while. a good a while, while, about a minute, yeah. and uh, turned around. Nope, no one behind us. Ah, oh, fuck it. Keep dancing. And eventually, everyone else around us stood up. So we brought the opera house to its feet. Where geniuses. We were given a standing ovation. We've said it many times before, but we're fucking geniuses. Well, look, the fucking geniuses are the people who put those four together and said, you can do the White Album Show, which is great. Awesome band behind them.
1: Yeah, we're just piggybacking on that success, really.
0: Yeah, just piggybacking, because we really didn't bring everyone there, but we certainly, like, performed for them. Well, and we did not bring them there. That's Maybe true. Maybe they were there for us. That's true. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't not bring them there, but I wouldn't say we brought them there. Well, we at least brought these two. That's true. Mrs. And Pointy and Nothing Cutesy, they did stand up and they stood up for us. So, what do you reckon? Uh, good, hey? <laughs> That's a resounding oh, silence. You guys talking to us. Yes. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, that no, was our performance that brought everyone to their feet. Oh, this is alright. Yeah, well, it was alright? Yeah. Well, um... Nothing Cutesy wasn't going to come originally, but we said, no, she has to be here, and she came. And, um... She hadn't seen, hadn't it wasn't, seen it, wasn't it in two thousand nine. I wasn't going to come. It was Money's fault that I could. Stupid Money. Stupid we need money. more of you. Need more. Um, but stupid sexy Flanders. Stupid blanders. sexy Flanders. <laughs> but um, no. What I meant to say was, you didn't see the two thousand nine concert, so it was the first time you'd seen this. That's right. It was exciting. Very exciting. Who did you like? All of them. All of them. All of them. Did you think Phil Jameson was adorable? Yes, not as adorable as Josh Pike and Tim Rogers. Good answer. Thank you. It kind of makes me want to go see The Living End now, seeing Chris Cheney play guitar Yeah, I haven't
1: seen The Living End for years. Yeah, I
0: forgot about that. I was like, I feel like I've seen him a million times in my life, and then I see him play here, and I'm like, oh, it's been a while. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him for maybe probably close to 10 years. Fucking it's been a long hell. time. Um seriously though like you could see Timmy last week you could have seen Timmy yesterday and you'd say it's too long a time since you've seen you and mine
1: Indeed yeah uh,
0: Nothing cute attempted to take a photo of uh, our faces as we um were dancing to one of the particular tracks apparently we were very excited and um what we've really got here is a picture of Aaron clutching himself and my man boobs <laughs> Not um not a lot of excited faces there kids all right. right. I know. It's going to be. So another feature of the Sydney Opera House apartment. It's beautiful. Like... moving for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> if He's just staying still.
1: That's another feature of this place. Well, no. That's why they have this angular design. Because they're
0: like, let's distract the
1: people from that you will not move for five hours.
0: Well, I don't... I don't even think it's an angular design. I think it is purely uh, beehive-ish. It's like a beehive. And, uh, it's very cylindrical, circular, We're like, we're all circling the one kind of outward tower, and, um, anyway, we've been stuck in this car park for the entire second half of this podcast, just awaiting on you all to move your cars out of here. It's horrible. Get me out of here. Well, it's not, it's not horrible. Horrible's a exaggerated word. It's not. It's real. They're keeping me here against my will. An interesting thing that I didn't think they'd do, I thought they might play um, Revolution Number no. 9 maybe in the intermission or play the recording of it. I'm glad they did it the way they did. I thought it was really good. How did they do it? Well, they did it with the band and
1: was sort of... It was a statement. They didn't just, like, fucking wimp out on it. They kind of did their own version. Yeah, they did the, Like
0: they did an organic... The, nothing was played in, nothing was sampled. It was all um, the vocalists and the string section and the yeah, band. I really think they
1: they gave the credit deserved because like apart from i guess people say it's oh i always keep that track it's the worst song on the album and you know it probably is in that sense but it's still a fucking good song it's an important song in mm. the band's career yeah so yeah
0: i think they did a good job that is true <laughs> we've just turned into a um a sort of tunnel looking passage that i assume is how we get out of here but it seems like it goes on forever
1: it reminds me of
0: Goldeneye. Gold? Mine. Goldeneye? Goldeneye. Like Goldeneye. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. It's a very Nintendo 64-looking tunnel here. You're a very Nintendo 64-looking
1: tunnel. Oh, I'm definitely a person of the 80s, 90s, I guess.
0: I'm definitely Pierce Brosnan is what I'm saying. Did you know, apparently, after the end of the last concert, all four of um, the performers got a tattoo of a blackbird? Really? Yeah. Where? I'm not sure. I read that the other day. They didn't say where. They just said that they all um, felt very connected after that performance and wanted to remember it. And went out after the last performance, got drunk, and um, then decided, yeah, let's get uh, let's get blackbird tattoos. I like to think that it's a tramp stamp. I don't think it is though. I just like to, no, I just think that would be great though. That could have been their their encore. They could have bowed and then turned around, exactly. bowed, and flashed the tramp stamp. Exactly. No, they're all much too classier men for a tramp stamp, surely. Surely. Many other things, no, but uh, tramp stamp. Perhaps. We'll see. Mm. Only time will tell. So we made it out of the car park and uh, just in time to hit the traffic lights and be, uh, yeah, be wedged in more traffic. But at least we're outside and I can see the sky if I cran my neck. I can see the skyscrapers. I don't know if I can see the sky. Well, the sky in the, in the name. Uh, everyone had a wonderful time, and we now have two hours back to Newcastle. Nothing cutie has been wonderful for driving us. and uh, Yeah, I must say, like, uh, thank you to Nothing you
1: for driving, and uh, thank you for you guys for listening. And please leave a review on iTunes, because that'll help us. It will help us, and you know you'd like to help us. Well, we're lovely people, so I feel that it's not... Come on, guys, it's not a big deal.
0: No, it's it's a two-way interaction, you know? We want to hear from you, and you're hearing from us.
1: Yeah, we'd be happy for you to come and do an episode with us. Yeah! So leave a rating, and then tell us to come meet you, and we'll meet you and do an episode.
0: <laughs> tell us to come and meet you, and we'll meet you! We'll meet you! And as usual, if you want to find us, um, we're on iTunes, we're on Podbean, for those who don't... Uh, have an Apple affiliated product yeah so just check us
1: out because we love you so good night